Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, donkeys. This is a power clout of an episode in so many ways. It's with brilliant comedian, writer and podcaster who I've been meaning to get on this podcast forever, um, Evelyn Muck. One half of the team behind the Rice to Meet You podcast. She's just crazy funny and often about eating, so it's no surprise that we turned out to be a brain match made in heaven. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you've got time to subscribe to it and bung it a five-star review, I would be emotionally indebted. Or just tell a few other stoats about it. I'd be so grateful. If you've got actual spare money and want to support the podcast, maybe by chucking like a fiver or a tenner its way as a one-off, you can do that now go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering or if you've got a few quid a month to become a patron go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod where i will swap you loads of podcast related cool stuff like discounted live shows and hoovering chat that's just for you in exchange for your hard-earned dosh so Evelyn and me hoovered remotely because she's in Sweden I asked her um, for some Swedish recipes in advance of recording this and then I arrogantly foolishly like a swaggering mega twat decided to make something very complicated we opened with me not at all managing to hide my feelings about how long it had taken versus how well it had gone how are you I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're so over it. I can't justify being um, like annoyed with anyone other than myself. But oh, God, (laughs) why did I? I mean, you say, right. So you're in Sweden. I am. Yeah. And um, we spoke before this and I was like, maybe I could make some something Swedish and you gave me a really like lovely comprehensive list of options so many (laughs) things I could have made and I chose to make Swedish what they called vanilla buns vanilla and cardamom buns yeah vanilla and cardamom buns and um I've so I spent the whole day on it and um it's not it's basically okay so it is definitely the most effort I've ever put into uh, making anything for the podcast. Because also it oh is a my. podcast, so who yeah. cares? Like normally, like we, we take a bite each, and then that's the like the eating bit's done. But with this, <laughs> I'm gonna. It's if we finish talking about these within the next half an hour, I'm gonna be uh-huh. fucking raging. Um, <laughs> I, 
because I remember I was like when you were like because we were like oh meatballs or like you know some kind of like cinnamon bun or something and you were like yeah the vanilla buns and I was like ooh yeah okay <laughs> I hope Jess Jess has experience with like just uh, yeast and all yeah. of these baking things I just hadn't thought about it I found a recipe but the other the other sort of um, slightly off throwing factor is that I'm um I'm in Glasgow at my, in my girlfriend's house, so I don't, oh. I'm, I'm using unfamiliar equipment. And also I've just had that thing of, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm annoying myself asking where things are again and again, like, and have you got a rolling <laughs> pin? And have you got a, and have you got a thing with a dough hook? And have you got a, and have you got this? And have you got that? Anyway, many hours later, and then like, you know, she was very kindly like, why don't you let me do this bit? And I was like, don't patronise me. <laughs> I was such an arsehole. And <laughs> Oh, God. But um, half of them are all right. I'm going to show you it. Oh, I'm so excited. Look at they that. They look great. Yeah, the, the the half that didn't, so half of them, so every time I opened the oven, it said they took 12 minutes. You do like, you do like two lots of proving. You uh-huh. have to twist them and make them into a knot. Have you made them? I, so I, I feel so bad now because I, I was going... I was going to make them and I bought all the ingredients. They're yep. downstairs, but I just didn't have the time. Fair enough. It's fair enough. Also, you're in Sweden, so you've bought one. I, I've bought one. Look at that. I've Please may you send me a picture of your perfect, your perfect cardamom vanilla bun. I can see the rage on your face. It's sort of, <laughs> it's also the oldest kind of like, phrase in the book isn't it that if you cook with love it will come out beautifully and if you cook yeah. with hatred <laughs> you'll have eight black charred Cinnamon buns, buns. Well, i just but did I'm that really so- passag thing of going no i'll still eat them <laughs> trying to crunch through the charcoal outer yeah they're really tough to make like i remember the first time i tried to make them in london also in my house share kitchen that has nothing basically yeah just had to improvise like use like um was it like the end of a knife as a rolling pin nice (laughs) so it was very very like improvised and they came out like rocks basically and i was also (laughs) doing that thing of like i'm gonna fucking eat these (laughs) because they are i spent so much time on them and (laughs) nobody's gonna take this away from me yeah. and it was just eating stone yeah <laughs> well that's what half of them were like but half of them i'll be honest i've already eaten half of one yeah are fucking amazing and so look- uh, actually having moaned and moaned <laughs> it's probably also the proudest i've ever been of anything i've ever made for a hoovering but i really want to compare it to a, have you um, so- so did you get it from like like a fancy bakery cafe that looks amazing but it looks very uniform do you think it's it was made uniform. by a person but like a professional person I no, I think these were I got them from like a supermarket, but it was like a supermarket that has its own bakering oh nice area. Yeah. Um so it's like a fancy one. So I think they are made by a person, but they're made according to very specific design. Rules. Yeah. yeah. Like 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 I guess Greg's are probably technically made by a person. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere exactly. somewhere along the line a person's been involved. Okay, well so I'm yours... going and are you ha- what are you having in- to drink with yours? I'm having a coffee. I'm having a milk. Oh, yeah. A yes, big glass but in of a cold coffee milk. Cup. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And there um I think yours is just going to be so much better. Mine's because... fallen apart a bit. That's oh. oh, that's the best part. So do you know? So there are different ways to eating like the the buns, Ooh, right? So in Sweden, it's like we have. So everybody knows that the middle part is like the most delicious part. Yeah, where it's all the, the most moist is part and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And butter. There's loads and of and the butter. Like it's all made with loads of butter, and then you add butter and spread it all in the middle. <laughs> oh god! Aren't you it surprised? At, yeah, yeah. And but aren't you surprised at how much? like butter and just like fat and yeah. sugar it is in one of these um heaven it's like but then you so some people eat they start in the middle and then they eat the crust what the fuck and then, is wrong with them yeah do they take that? the Sorry, that's rude isn't it that was dangerous maybe that's what you do <laughs> i do it the correct way which is i eat the bad parts first and then i save the nice swirl for yes. as like a reward for getting through Great. the bad part okay it's uh, it's so mm. good. How's, so oh, how's it tasting? It's real good. <laughs> it's got really crunchy on the outside. And you put this syrup on the top, but mm. the actual dough is so light. 
I was probably mm. proving it 800 times. <laughs> I was, I was, um, it's been ages since I've done something like that where after you've proved it and you get it out of the bowl and it like, it's huge and it sort of goes, <laughs> back down to like a workable dough. But then it stays like really aerated from that. It's lush. But the other thing that's been fit about this recipe is, and maybe is this normal? Like I, I that was, is there's a bold amount of cardamom in there. Like you couldn't miss it. Often when someone's sneaks a bit of cardamom in a bit of baking in Britain, it's like yeah. one in 15 mouthfuls you might experience yeah. an essence of cardamom. Whereas this is like, <laughs> in yeah. a great way. <laughs> it is. It's like, just load it up. Yeah. And then you also sprinkle some on top just mm. for to show people that it's made of cardamom. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's pretty amazing. It's like... Yeah. Um, I do like the... I've gotten into baking with dough because I feel like it's almost like a living thing. Yes. Because all of these like little beasties in there that need yeah. need their feeding, they need the sugar to, to just grow big. Mm. And it's almost like having a pet when you're baking with dough yeah. <laughs> with yeast. It's like... It's not as like much effort as a cat, but like no. more than a tamagotchi. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I have a sourdough now that I've been neglecting in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I nearly killed one and had to give it away. Someone gave <gasps> me a starter, yeah. But I didn't let it get, it didn't get black spots. Mm. So I just gave it to someone that was going to do something with it. So have you been baking sourdough? I have. Wow. Um, it's it's so funny because I, I find it, it was like the next natural step from for baking with yeast is just like, oh, wild yeast, let's do it. <gasps> but then... As soon as I, I failed so many times at making it because it's so temperamental. Yeah. And then as soon as I managed to um, make a proper um, uh, bread, a proper loaf, and I was so proud and I served it to my parents and they were like, yeah, we don't like sourdough. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. So I had to give that dream up of being oh. a sourdough baker. I realised that all the sourdough I've been buying in the supermarket is like, obviously, I mean, it must be sourdough, otherwise it would be illegal to call it sourdough, I think, <laughs> maybe. But um, I, ha I had like a revelation when this, so there's a man who lives in Catford where I live, a lovely man called Tom, who's just a, a normal man rather than a professional <laughs> baker, who's um, very funny, Fern Brady told me about. Uh, has like perfected sourdough and will deliver it to your house. Oh so my god! Every two or three weeks, I get one of Tom's sourdoughs, and um, the thing that blew my mind was I was like, "Oh, it is actually a little bit sour." Yeah, and I think it's always been meant to have been. But, yeah, um, it's not when you get it from Sainsbury's or whatever. Yeah, Sainsbury's Mad. is like you can't, you can barely taste it. It just says sourdough, so you have to trust it. Yeah, but. Uh, I do enjoy, I quite like the sour because it just feels like you're eating something right or you're being yeah, healthy. Yeah, doesn't it? And a bit a bit more like what you were saying, you're like, it's alive. Feels a bit more... It's um, alive. Yeah, a bit, oh, there's, a, there's a bit more going on in there. Um, how long are you in Sweden for and um, what has it been like? What has, have you been in lockdown there then? Or you so, didn't do the lockdown, they didn't have 100% lockdown. You're having a sweet, yeah. sweet time. <laughs> Where where Sweden is just like in denial that mm. anything's happening. It's like what? Um, to be fair, so are many parts of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> so is anyone that's in any weather spoons here? <laughs> it was amazing when the bars opened, and I was just watching the footage. I was like, yeah, oh. we're never. They're gonna never gonna let us out again. <laughs> no, never. it was inevitable that we'd fuck that up, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so I was in London until about like a week into lockdown. Okay. And then I escaped uh, to the UK, uh, to the Sweden because I was like, oh, yeah, uh, better to be here. Because I, I honestly thought that Sweden was going to go into lockdown as well. So I was like, oh, oh really? I better come go yeah, back and take care of my parents and stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, oh. But turns out that, uh, no, we're not in lockdown. Um, we're actually being encouraged by the health ministry to like not travel um, yeah. abroad, but if you're doing it responsibly, you can sort of travel in Sweden if you mm -hmm. want with your like um, camper van and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, and I just feel like it's because nothing's shut down here. So restaurants are going, people are yeah. eating out. Um, people are 
you know, visiting each other at home. They're going to the park. They're yeah. bathing in, at the beach. And so it's really confusing to be here because I watch the news <laughs> and the world is dying. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like having a great time at the beach. Wow. So, yeah, it's really confusing. It's impossible, isn't it, to know sort of the one minute here it feels like, oh, I think actually it might be okay to have a holiday, even to yeah. another country. And then the next week, it's like, "Mm, we'll probably have to shut these pubs if anyone wants to go to school again. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You sort of can't ever uh, commit to any made plan, essentially, Mm. is the situation here. But yeah, pubs, I've been to a few restaurants. That was pretty amazing. Feels like you're in a sci-fi going to a restaurant now. But the places I've been to are like taking it really seriously, you know. Yeah. The first place I went to, like the waiters all masked up and everything and trying to stand you know really politely stand really far away but still being like really emphatic and like trying to still be really charismatic (laughs) and waitery but from really far away and then it all goes to shit when they realize they can't throw your dinner at you (laughs) at some point they are gonna have to come near your table and And that's when you cough imagine that's so um, funny i love the idea of a waiter just trying to be really enthusiastic from a mile away <laughs> yeah bless him um so what what is eating like in sweden is it markedly different to london it's what so... bit are you in again i'm uh, on the west coast okay lovely so it's a lot of seafood here it's Ooh. a lot of like my so i live in gothenburg and our town is known for the uh it's called the rakmaka <laughs> which is like the shri- shrimp sandwich all right um so it's a, it's just like a, a piece of toast and then some a lot of mayo actually uh mm. a bit of a, a cooked egg and then just a buttload of shrimp nice. uh, just peeled shrimps and then you just kind of carve it up and eat it uh, nice. with a click of lemon and um so it's like sweden is quite I will say because when moving to England, I was really surprised by the food because Sweden's quite healthy. And right. Sweden, people like eating at home here. You don't eat out a lot. Oh, um, really? I mean, you eat out possibly maybe a few times a month if you're right. if you're just like the standard kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, Maybe even less than that probably maybe it's like twice a month or something yeah. if there's like an occasion but as a comedian you do so yeah so in the uk so people tend to like cook food at home here mm-hmm. and they tend to keep a really healthy kind of diet uh eat very fresh and and everything in the supermarket i guess it's called a naked supermarket so you buy like fruit and vegetables you mm-hmm. all buy it via weight oh right you, yeah yeah there's very few like the prepackaged stuff as in the UK. And so that was not, what just, I was so... not just healthier, but also healthier for the planet. Like less plastic. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Golden We're just bollocks. better, Jess. Just, We're just better. better. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I won't argue with that. <laughs> that's nice. The, it's, yeah. But that's but, what happened. Like when I moved to the UK, I just gained a bunch of weight because I was like, oh my God, fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Oh, what a head fuck. You've got a podcast. Yeah. I do. Nice to meet you. I do. About Asian culture. <laughs> Talk to me about Asian culture and eating then. And like, I guess so you grew up in Sweden though. I and did, lived yeah. lived in the UK for ages now. Yes. Um, so is that a lot, in terms of culinarily only, is that a lot of worlds colliding? Uh, it is quite a bit. I know that at Christmas, it would be like my parents would just try to come buy and everything. So there'd be a roast duck and there'd be a Christmas ham. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then like some kind of like pudding uh, that was like just ice cream or a cake or something. But it would be trying to accommodate all of that on one table, which was quite nice. Um, but it is like Asian culture and eating. Like, it's just... It's so intertwined because basically um, everything, I I think food is kind of just a replacement for emotional expression in Asian culture. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a quarter Austrian and and it's very much the same from there. That's amazing. Or it's similar, you know, but it's, um, 
it's kind of amazing and also you then are like very aware that I don't know it's inherited to the point where it feels in my like a something I will have to do I'd have to do a lifetime of therapy to undo to not try and love through feeding <laughs> but 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 I don't mind having an element of that like yeah yeah um but I don't know, like, I, so I had an Austrian grandmother and then my dad, and she was a certain way and then my dad is exactly like her and I'm trying to undo a bit of it. So so they had, which I don't mind, like, they, my dad still, like, I had one big fallout with my dad as an adult and I knew he was sorry when four months later he just gave me a plastic bag full of ready meals. Yeah. Like, That's <laughs> this is literally his only way of, of physically saying the words, I'm sorry or I love you. Um, where, but but the, my the sad part, the sadder part of uh, of my nana and of my dad is they combine this kind of feeder feederiness, like yeah. loving through feeding, but also they have like a really tangy hatred of fat people. <laughs> so <laughs> they kind of really desperately want their kids and and anyone they love to eat everything they make, eat more, eat more, eat more, eat more, eat more. Oh my god, you look disgusting! Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, this is really confusing. That's yeah. literally what my childhood was because it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like hey hey what you need to lose weight like nobody's going to like you if you're this big why aren't you eating yeah <laughs> just have more food why aren't you eating it's such a it's such a yeah it it really messes you up <laughs> yeah it really fucks you up that's the thing isn't it and then but i mean i i can tell you like even knowing that it fucks you up i'm just watching myself with my kid be like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is like i mean I'm, i don't know why i just done facial expressions instead of it's so hard not to want them to eat all up and be like yeah. eat it all eat 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 yeah. Um, and then simultaneously be like, uh, he's got my ass. <laughs> and he's only four. <laughs> yeah. That's a great accomplishment. Exactly. Yeah. Four. Wow. That's so funny. I, I feel the same way because it's like, it's exactly that. I relate to what you said with your dad giving you a ready meal. It's like my dad, he... Um, he forgot an appointment the other day with me and then <laughs> to make up for it he was like do you want ice cream Let, let's go have some ice cream i'm like yeah i'm not five anymore dad yeah <laughs> this won't work um but it is that thing of like i think just in asian culture you're just like everything revolves around the meal around yeah. the family meal because no matter if you're celebrating or like commiserating or you know, whatever moment, it, even if you're having just dinner at, yeah. n- at in the evening, the it's so important for the whole family to gather around that dinner table because it's usually like the only time that you can see the whole family because everybody's off. Like um, Asian parents are notorious for just working all the time. And then the Asian kid is like the stereotype of the model minority of studying. And so they're off doing their thing. So that's why like the food part is so important. Yeah. To, it's the only to it's be that a, combination. There's a ceremony to it and a ritual to it. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's really important. I think that's lovely. I think that's great. Like even, you know, all stereotypes aside, even if people have got such uh, scatty lives now, like even if they're, they're not all busy working hard, they're all over the place. Yeah. There's um there's so little emphasis really on all sitting together regularly every day, but also it, 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 in the UK it feels like. But similarly, I don't know. Like I'm not sure how I would ever achieve that with our job with my kid. I mean, through yeah. lockdown, that's been lush. That's been one of my favourite things. I sit down with them twice a day and eat eat together. But you know, in normal life, you maybe had to leave at four for your gig. So. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you care about food and eating? Oh, like, my, it- I, I, uh, twenty. Good, great. Probably. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I had a feeling um, from your very funny content, uh, oh. <laughs> you were, you were as a bigger fan of it as me. Wait, I, I think it's. I think probably my relationship with food is the only relationship that's been constant throughout my life. <laughs> and in that it's passionate, be. like always passionate, and oh my god, it gives yes. what gives you hope in terms of like meeting someone and then staying with them until you're dead happily. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I've never thought of it like that. It's really nice, like really lovely, constantly passionate relationship. 
Yes. It is that thing where it's like I think one of the if it were to come to a relationship with a with a person. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said it as if it's such a fucking what's the word like oh like a oh, like a runner up. Yeah. Oh, with a person, second oh. best. With with the uh, with a human being, um, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But it would be like I I don't know. I have a very indulgent relationship with food, so I think, which is which is quite detrimental now as my as I've gotten older and my health is starting to to be poorer because right. of like th- just the decisions that I've made <laughs> every day of my life. Um, but it's like I think. I bond with people very well uh, through food yeah, because of how much of a foodie I am and because of just Asian culture, because it's so important. So I couldn't be with anyone who would be picky about food. Yeah. Um, like, even though I, because I enjoy good food, but then I also, I love crap food. Yeah. I just love it. I yeah, just, yeah, I just love eating. I just yeah. love eating. I think it's, yeah. um, I think it's why I made this podcast about eating as opposed to about food, because I think, it's um it's a it's an almost universal thing that people say I love food mm. um you know the, I love flavors and I love and I was like mm, I think it's a different thing and, and there's a smaller bunch of us who'll go no I like eating I just like eating it doesn't have to be I mean I love great food but also I absolutely love bread just bread yes exactly or like you know depends on your mood there are days where you're like I've got the time and the sort of consciousness over my, you know I'm aware of my hunger enough to be like I'm gonna stop and take five hours to make something that's gonna hit me on three le- levels and da da da. And then there's other days where it's like, oh, you know, PMT or whatever. It's like ah ah, yeah. <laughs> or a hangover or whatever, you know, or, or just sad, or or sometimes or just- really happy. <laughs> Definitely. It's like every time, every time something good happens, I'm like, mm, what should I eat? Or yeah. when something bad happens, it's like, ooh, give me the cake. Yeah. It's like, it, it, and it is what you say, like, it's an event. It's a, it's a ritual, the yeah. thing of eating. And it's like, I will travel to, I will go, I will cross the Thames to go to that restaurant that I really like that specific thing of. Great. I just enjoy putting it in my mouth. And experiencing that yes. little, little happiness for like that few seconds that it's in there. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah. I, it's so <laughs> funny, isn't it? The, the, um, that the idea that it is uh, just a few seconds that it's, you're actually tasting it for and chewing it for. That's mad to me, actually. Um, there's an amazing writer and baker and cook, actually, called um, Ruby Tando. Have you heard of her? Mm. No. She was on Bake Off years ago and she's like... I know her. Yeah, she's yeah, She's got a yeah. fucking great book and it's... it's She's a philosopher as well, and you can tell, like, it's just beautifully written, and it's not like any other recipe book I've ever read. It's, there's ah. hardly any recipes in it for a start. But <laughs> she talks about, and the, but the ones that are really good, but they're written like a story. Oh. So you, 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 you'll read it and then have a go at making it. You won't keep referring back to it like a recipe book. It's so good. Um, I think it's called Eat Up. Anyway, she talks in that about, actually, eat, if, you, if you think about eating more holistically, which mm-hmm. I think is maybe useful for us. <laughs> Which is like actually from the very first idea that you have of going, oh, what might I have tonight? Right through to every thought you have between that and then and then beyond that time it's in your mouth. Actually, that yeah. time where you like, like for example, um, maybe this is disgusting. Um, and rec- and I'm you know in the grand scheme of my whole life, I've not been with my partner that long, and I think I recently kind of grossed her out because I can't remember <laughs> where we'd been for dinner, but we'd had some or lunch, we'd had something really amazing to eat, and then I was like, oh, I've just done a really, I've done a really yummy burp. And um, <laughs> I love their specific like Wagamama's yaki udon second best burps uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and it's been a long time since I've had one because I hardly ever eat meat but um, Burger King bacon double cheeseburger best oh, I was just thinking that I was just thinking a hamburger burp is yes. the best burp if it's been really like griddled like if it's yeah. really charcoaly there's something about that almost get you almost get all the saltiness again don't you like all the umami whatever oh, the umami yes. exactly I said it I was the first one I said it I hate myself I said umami <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it is that thing i what i it's something that i've struggled with my whole life and i i guess you might have to but like the shame that comes with indulgence yeah is such a pity because yeah. it's one of the best things that you can sort of do for yourself in life but it is that thing also where 
it does take a dark turn, like where yeah. it just goes over the edge. It, it is shameful. It is like you might, you know, maybe have an issue if if that's the case. But it's it's such a shame that we we live in a culture where you're shaming people for just enjoying and indulging in yeah. food uh, because it's so uh, intrinsically connected to body image and like totally. to, and then to status and then to I, like I don't think that the patriarchy can completely gets off the hook either in terms yeah, of that. Like, it's just true. in the sense that like, I mean I mean I'm, no one's ever I've done this podcast for two years now no one's ever talked about it sort of specifically in terms of indulgence we, I talk about shame with people a lot because I think it's it's kind of mad it because ultimately it's the vast majority of women will attach some shame to anything other than a vegetable yeah uh, that they eat at some point most days I mean that is a head fuck where at the end of the day it is fuel like if you wanted to you it's not like uh drugs or yeah. smoking fact you know any caffeine you know it's not like any of the other things that are potentially nutritionally shit for you or, or shit for your body I should say shit for your health you can't yeah. give it up you have to eat like it's a fuel even if you go right I'm just gonna have it on a drip or something you have to have yeah. that so it's mad that there's intrinsically shame but I think it's again like that it's so interesting in terms of indulgence like it does feel like what why can't we do something that's just really nice it feels really nice it's not yeah. harming anybody else there's um it does feel like it, it maybe it does come under that umbrella of things that women aren't allowed to be uh loud uh big lascivious sexy yeah. sexual um it, all the all the and that comes on this indulgent comes under the same thing doesn't it, it feels a little yeah bit. but then again like every now and again somebody gets totally uh made an icon for it like nigella or whatever but if i suppose yeah it's, it's I, so and I, but i do completely agree as well there is a crossover point where um but 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 then that's quite personal, isn't it? I suppose where the crossover, yeah. where you go from indulgence into sort of what's self- effectively self harm or emotional numbing. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what I was gonna say, like self medication in some yeah. kind of way. Um, and I think it's because it is that thing where uh, indulges it. You're not. We're not supposed to love ourselves, right? We're yep. not supposed to be kind to ourselves. So that's why when you're doing something like this they it's automatically assumed that it is self-numbing or it is self yeah. um, hating or something like that yeah just to make it even worse to be, to be a lady yeah um yeah dog shit it is like you say yeah it's a load of dog shit and also i think oh i don't know like again it comes with so much contradictions like in the uk we've got this thing like you know you're saying you're being encouraged in sweden to go traveling at least internally on holidays and stuff and we are too but we're being at the moment uh boris johnson's doing like a big diet <laughs> kick he wants everybody to lose weight and get fit and it's like is he oh, really yeah but at the same time as making restaurants uh half price monday to wednesday are you serious and it says eat out to help out is the slogan. oh that's right yeah yeah, like, yeah you what what the fuck what the fuck none of it means anything it's also misguided one of the things they want to do is put um the bit that makes me most angry because i understand like fair enough right he's he's had a he's personally shat himself because he got covid really badly and was <laughs> in a he, he says in the house yeah during that time and statistically although apparently um uh how heavy you are has been slightly uh overblown in terms of how likely you are to have complications it's it's more to do with other stuff you might have in conjunction with it like diabetes or whatever but who fucking knows i don't know it's one of those things where i'm a comedian and should shut up because i'm not an expert (laughs) (laughs) but um it's so misguided he wants to put calories next to everything on menus in every Uh restaurant and it's like well that's Uh just going to ruin that's on on just on a generic level for everyone that's all the fun gone from everything that's the yeah. fun gone from eating out. Whistle yeah. goodbye to your whole fucking catering industry. Because that's yeah, fucking exactly. miserable. I don't mind that there has to be calories on the back of everything in shops or whatever. You can choose to look at it. But if you don't have a choice of look at it, but the darker side of it is uh, people with disordered eating and certainly people recovering from official eating disorders are going to get triggered to fuck 
by that. Yeah. Like the yeah. And and just a pragmatic like if you even if you want to look at it as like a bare faced economist, ninety seven percent of diets don't work. The one that works the least often is people who literally have to count the calories in their things because it's just not sustainable. No one can live like that unless they're mm-hmm. you know an athlete or you know someone else is doing it for you because you need to have a certain body because you need to for your work. There's mm-hmm. people can't most people don't live their lives like that. And when a diet fails, people binge so they put on weight. Yeah. So it, yeah. He, he effectively, even if you just look at it in terms of the numbers, will make people fatter. <laughs> I do. It's just bollocks. It's absolute bollocks. I don't have any problem. I'm not so. I don't have any problem with him saying, "Well, it's a nice idea, isn't it, to have a little bit of a walk every day?" Like, yeah, fine, it is actually. Yeah, that's a nice idea. But yeah, I don't bringing like calories into it is boggling. I think that that's the biggest issue when it comes to weight and and uh, it, some, it to some extent weight loss and but just like the way that we talk about weight in society mm. is just so problematic because for one it's so linked to your psychology and it's yeah. so linked to how you look at yourself and conflated with self worth that it just boggles me that nobody has. You know, instead of offering like, oh, this exercise program or blah, blah, blah. Why don't you offer me therapy? Yeah. So that we can talk about why I'm I'm doing this or why I'm behaving this way or, you know, what was it that kind of shaped my my behavior in terms yeah. of like food or, or relationships with food? Because because I, I am uh, a big person, like I'm a plus size person and I've recently um I have some health things related to my to my weight that I can't deny, like high blood pressure and risk of diabetes. And I've been in so many of those doctors rooms where, you know, throughout my life where it's just like, oh, yeah, where it's just this constant repetition of what you need to do to lose weight. But then it's like dude, I've been big all my life. I know this. I know everything I need to do and lose weight. I've done it a few times yeah. successfully, but then obviously yeah, diet, not, yeah. put it back on. Um, but what I what I would love is for somebody to talk to me and be like, like yeah, what's what's going on? What's going on up here? Yeah, why, yeah. Are, why are you choosing to do these things instead of doing the other things? Um, also as well I think that whoever they'd recommend like I, I have CBT mm. therapy and um, I'm like I'm for fucking privileged that I can afford it but I I uh, I don't know I think the other thing as well is to you, the luck that you have when you find even a therapist who's prepared to talk to you if you're in you know I'm fucking privileged even in terms of fatness I'm enormously privileged I can buy I can buy clothes in normal high street shops um, and I think by that definition, I don't know if I'm allowed to identify <laughs> as fat, but I can't watch myself back on television or in photos. So <laughs> I say, I it's think a, it's, it's a, a state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, even even the majority, of, I, I fear that the, the, the therapy people would get, you know, will be given by someone who intrinsically has all those fat phobic thoughts yeah, of, that's or, or opinions, true. beliefs, that ultimately if this person in front of me is this size, she's probably lazy, she's probably, you know, greedy, she's probably all the fucking bollocks where it's like, actually, yeah. do you know what? I have spent the first 32 years of my life on diets from the age of 11 and I, I've so, so often lost a bunch of weight and got into a body where people would treat me differently. Yeah. And um, and then it would come back on in abundance and then it would settle back. And actually when it when it got to about the 10th time where it settled back, you know, then suddenly about 32, 33, <laughs> I was like, oh, I think this might be the body I'm meant to be in. Yeah, yeah. Like, shall, I, shall I maybe stop fucking fighting it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... It's hard because ultimately you want to be physically healthy. Yeah. But what I think any of those, the every time you're given that advice, well, just lose weight. One, I didn't, you know, you're not helping me. You do need to do something exactly like you're saying more uh, that takes into account my mental health in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, because exactly. at the end of the day, diets will fuck that up worse. Uh, and the fact that you find what even what I look like shameful or my fault or something like that you're making the mental health side of things worse so you're perpetuating the issue really if there even is an issue 
Yeah, exactly. If there even is an issue. I think that's the exhausting part of being in any type of minority is the constant microaggressions that you face every day. Um, (laughs) And that assumption of like, oh, there is an issue here when I don't. Yeah. I don't know that there is, mate. Yeah, exactly. Mmm. Delicious. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I really enjoyed those Swedish buns and they were mm. worth the effort. I might put something snidey on social media, but don't take it seriously. I'm really pleased. <laughs> I put that. I'm really pleased. And I think, and I'm going to say it, I'd do it again. Yeah. I think I'd do it again. Um, yeah. And also Definitely. just to wrap up on all that stuff, like I, I, I feel like... Uh, I'm someone who wants to have like an open mind Mm -hmm. to anyone's point of view on things and also be aware that like the truth is a changeable and malleable thing. So like we used to all have pretty black and white opinions a hundred years ago on gayness. Yeah. And that's how that changes, you know, and I wonder whether that would change in terms of people's perceptions of fatness. I um yeah but but on the same in the same breath I uh I wonder whether there's a world where we can take away shame without um sort of pretending that there doesn't come a point with eating where you have tipped into a, a kind of self-harm yeah yeah isn't it I, it's that it's I want people to love fatness and know that there's an enormous spectrum of bodies that are brilliant and fine and actually you don't yeah. know how healthy that person is from looking at them but without it feels like when when you have that those politics you're potentially also expected to believe that there is no bound like there that, that there's no such thing as uh e- eating yourself to harm eating to harm yourself which I yeah. think there is, in the same way as starving to harm yourself is. And yeah. I kind of think that even most diets are absolutely disordered eating, if not yeah. all diets. Definitely. I <laughs> Tangy, isn't it? It's, I always it's feel very aware I'm going to get in shit with someone at some point, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere along every one of these conversations. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> I think I think you put it very eloquently and I think I don't know it's because I've spent a lot of time just trying to unpack everything and it's just this thing of like I think we have to somehow like dis disconnect the self-worth with the um with your appearance and then also disconnect like the shame as you said with 
your appearance yeah that will and which will ultimately reflect on your self-worth and all of that stuff because it's all that but that's uh, that's easier said than done because you are a person in a body uh you have a mind but it's in this body and so you are everything that you are so it just automatically is you know connected and conflated and but it is about um yeah it's exactly so beautifully put that like detaching your self-worth from your idea of your own appearance because it's an Mm. illusion anyway isn't it what you're you will never look at yourself the way that anyone else can see you you know the way that a parent looks at your body will be different to the way that someone who's love with you looks at your body will be different to the way that a TV producer does. Will be different to the way that yeah. someone who's only ever seen you on TV does. To yeah. the way that somebody who knew you from your voice before they saw you does. Like it's all our perception of everything all the time is all sort of stories that we're making up. Yeah. So it's so it's mad that uh, that that the the way we look at ourselves. Is we're so hard on ourselves, so hard on ourselves. But it feels like an innate thing to be. It feels like an for me. Oh man! So I've, it's taken me years to sort out my relationship with eating, and I've got I've come so far. I'm not fixed. No one's ever fixed, but I've come so far. Like I genuinely just don't overthink it. Like I eat what I want, and it's a really nice life. Yeah, but yeah. But to do unto uh, to have not even a love but a neutral relationship with my own appearance is an for me much bigger mountain to climb and I did if I'm honest I naively think that that the first sorting the first thing out might sorting the eating out might fix the self-perception out but Mm. very annoyingly not the case (laughs) (laughs) that's what I it's so interesting because I spent um because I've been fat all my life and I spent a huge part of my childhood and then my teenage years. And then I think even my early adult life, just thinking that if I lose, if I change the appearance, then yeah. everything will be fixed yeah. and everything will be happy and I'll be great. And, you know, people will love me or whatever. Um, and, uh, and as you say, it's just like, I think I, I, well, I haven't ever tried it because I'm too lazy <laughs> and I love eating too much. Yeah. Um, but it does derail you because then you end up kind of pushing life to the side. Yeah, you spend your life waiting to be happy at a future time that's never going to happen. Exactly. Which is no way to fucking live, right? No, no, absolutely not. <sighs> well, shit got deep. Normally I'd ask you some stuff about five second rule and things like that before we got into this this heavy carnage. But I'm grateful for it. It's my favourite way for one of these conversations to go every time. I'm so easy to get into the heavy carnage with. Yes. (laughs) Fuck the small talk. Yeah, well, I mean, there's enough podcasts full of small talk. Yeah. Um, We also fucked about with any of that. No, but also don't believe in the five second rule. I'll say that. Don't you? This is tiny. Well, this is contentious. So if something's dropped on the floor, that's it. You're not going to eat that. It's it. Yeah, because I'm like it. It's automatically caught everything on the floor. Mm. Um, And uh, I think I mean, if it's really tasty, I'll probably eat it. But (laughs) I just no, I can't. I can't. I think I have this like weird. I think it's probably the Asian thing too because um, my relatives are from Hong Kong, right. so they're super um, careful with hygiene and stuff. Right. But then on the other side, my dad is a Chinese chef, and he's not as careful with the hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I, I tend to uh, err on the side of my relatives rather than my dad. So, Fair no play. five second rule for me. Say scrumdiddlyumptious. And then you can be in my podcast. If there was um, no other option, would you eat a person? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. You asked it so well. (laughs) Saying that it's a small question, a small question. Um, That's a little question. I really like meat. Jess, yeah, I great. really like okay. me. Okay, I like like where this is going. So I, 
<laughs> talk about attaching shame to, to, to eating. Having, I talk so the talk shameful. and then I ask people if they'd eat a person. <laughs> I really like meat. Um, I think the oh answer gosh. might be, please may I eat a person? <laughs> I mean, I want to be, uh, yeah, and knowing me, I'd probably eat a person. Yes! <laughs> but the thing is, like, I think the level of of sadness or shame I would feel would depend on the person. If <laughs> I like if I like the person or if I didn't like the person. Like, I have a flatmate yes. that I could probably eat with a good conscience. <laughs> But then if it had to, if it was like my parent or something. Oh, no. Yeah, I, don't think, awful. Yeah, I don't think anybody could reasonably eat a family member. <laughs> Actually, some of them. <laughs> I've got an aunt I could eat. Yeah, um, I have an aunt too. Yeah, I've got an aunt I could eat. I've never thought of it like that before. If, I, oh. if she was cooked well. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and you were starving and there was no other option. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing for the world. No, that's true. true. (laughs) Everybody's got one of the... Everybody's got that aunt. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be annoying and ask one more quick question. But um, Uh is there any food that you hate that everybody else loves? Oh, my... Oh, avocados. Oh, really? So, okay, so I... The thing is, I can eat an avocado, but I find the texture weird. I I like guacamole, but if it's just avocado on toast... I find avocado really weird. It's slimy. I, get... I understand that. It's so slimy. And if the ripeness is even faintly off, yeah, it's a fucking car crash. Yeah. It's like yeah. a burnt, like, taste. I just don't, like, I can, I understand it, but it's just too slimy and creamy. And it's yeah. too, I don't think a vegetable is supposed to taste like that. <laughs> is what I, that's what I feel. It's so yeah. weird. I find yeah. avocados really weird. Yeah. yeah. Great, great answer. I've not had a good in-depth <laughs> chat about an avocado for ages. Is there anything <laughs> that you think demands to be eaten in a particularly ritualistic way? Like, I think the classic examples are often like, uh, people have a very specific way of eating a Cadbury's cream egg or <gasps> stuff like that. Or somebody recently was telling me that how elaborate it was, how they ate a Big Mac. Oh, that was Jamali, wasn't it? Yeah. I, because I was listening to that, and I, the thing is, I, I, I have to eat the Big Mac as, uh, as I have to separate it, and so I just right. eat the top, and then I eat the bottom. But it's not as ritualistic as Jamali, because that was really involved. Yeah, he really took his time. <laughs> he really sort of made an outing. <laughs> of each Big Mac. I was very involved. I like that stuff. I love that stuff. That's really good. My, um, my rituals are changing as I get older. I um. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so many things that, like, I don't, I kind of, I don't think, when I was at school and as, as a teenager, I had a chocolate bar pretty much every day. Yeah. And it would always be, like, n- like nibbled in some laborious way. Whereas I think now, like, I have a chocolate bar less, way less often because I just fancy it less often. But when I do, like, these days, and this probably will it'll only be true for, like, the last few months and the next few months. But at the moment, I think, do you know what? There's a reason they designed it like this. There's a reason yeah. why a boost has <laughs> got chocolate on the outside, then a then a bit of like caramel, and then the fondant with the biscuit inside. Like, there's a reason why they've done that. So uh-huh. fucking chomp it like they've asked you to. <laughs> like, it's kind of disrespectful to the chef to like take off all the chocolate, then take off all the caramel and put that to one side, and then suck this bit, and then suck it through a cup of tea. And I was like, just try <laughs> chomping it like that. It was designed for that, and actually, it is really nice. It's really, really nice. You get yeah. everything at once. Yeah. Um. It's it's good. I was thinking there is this uh, biscuit here in Sweden that's sort of you can liken it to an Oreo biscuit. Oh. But it has like let me see if I can Google it for you. You can get them at um, you can get them at IKEA as well. Oh, sweet. It's it's the um. It's the biscuit with nougat in the middle. Mm. Let me see here if I can get that up for you. Oh, right. So this biscuit is called a... Ballerina. Ballerina. Isn't she lovely? It looks Very like lovely. It looks a lot like a jammy dodger, but it's kind of got a bit more heft to it that you can't see. And there's no break in between. And inside there's some new guys oh, there. 
There's a break in between there. So the bottom oh. is like a chocolate biscuit. Those and chocolate then, milk jam. Oh, nice. And then, yeah. And then it's filled with like a nougaty kind of Nutella thingy. There's more fat in that biscuit than has ever been in any ballerina. <laughs> I really never nice. thought of it that way. I love it. And so, oh, yes. The ritual to eating this, um, it is that kind of the same as an Oreo. It's like, do you eat the whole thing at once or do yeah. you pop the lid off, lick yeah. off the uh, lick off the filling and then you eat the biscuit separately? And that's what I do. I pop the lid off, twist it off, and then I lick off the nougat. Nice. And then I'll dip the biscuit in milk and have that. Nice. And that's the proper way of eating it, I I think. Glorious. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. An angry, arrogant, magical swan starts a new thing where if anybody lies, their head turns into a swan's head. And it's carnage because we sort of need some lies so that everybody isn't constantly sad. Uh, and it's the end of a lot of relationships, either because people are saying exactly how they think their partner's cooking really is or because they've not actually got the head of a swan now. Um, anyway, the swan decides to lift the curse, but only if you, and really it does have to be you, Evelyn, uh, build a million-piece Lego Millennium Falcon without ever stopping for a drink or a snack whilst standing on a vibrating massage chair set on maximum power it <gasps> sounds impossible but you do it you're the hero oh. of all people forever and ever um I'm so great yes <laughs> the reward is um uh that you've gone down in history as the woman who saved um humanity from uh, swan head syndrome um but uh your reward in the moment and bearing in mind you are like tired mentally whatever but you're hungry that's the point you're high Ooh. happy the happiest you could possibly be and the hungriest you could possibly be so it's kind of like the opposite of a last meal situation but the reward uh -huh. in the moment is the feast of your dreams so oh i would God. love to know if um I don't care about ethics. Nothing has to be possible. Couldn't give a fuck about health. Um, what if there were no limits to anything and you were the happiest and hungriest possible version of you? Um, what would be, what would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who with and where, who with and where? I mean, I literally think about this every day, Jess. Like if I could eat without consequence. Yes. I think about it all the time. Yes. Yes. I think about it in terms of my old age. Do you do that? I think if I get yeah. to this age, I'm going to have 15 burgers one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I make it to like 85, it's like, oh, you know what? I, I'm done now, aren't I? Yeah. Let's just, let's get it in. Let's go through all the drive throughs and all the all <laughs> yes. the land. Yes. Um, I Like my ultimate feast. No ethics, you said. Nope. <laughs> There's a really nice thing that hong kong cooks do with baby pigs <laughs> oh yes i mean pigs are so intelligent but i really love pork yeah pork is so good and so they they basically make a it's kind of like a pig crackling but like the hong kong style version of it which is crispy belly pork but they make it with the whole pig so the skin Whoa. is so crispy and just melts in your mouth and the 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 meat is so juicy Amazing. and melts in your mouth too so it's like it's the best and there's this like big ceremony when they when they present it to you because they come out and they've in in hong kong they tend to want to show you what you're eating so they they've carved it but they've laid it out as it was so it comes out with the head as well wow. and then it's just kind of like a baby pig just splat on a plate like this wow. with its arms and feet out and they do it with chicken as well, um, which is quite it's amazing. It's kind of like, a, I kind of quite like it in the sense that it's kind of going, this is what you're eating. It's not hidden in a fish finger. Like, yeah. you, you're going to this with your eyes open as like a hands up carnival. I respect that. Yeah. Very much so. It's like, take responsibility. Yeah. Totally. You know what you're it's doing. Look at what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, like, old uh, Asian people will eat the head. They love okay. the heads of, okay. like, fish or anything else. They'll just eat the head for some reason, which is, like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, some kind of level-up thing yeah. um, in Asianness. But uh, I think that would definitely be one of the things that I would want. And, uh, oh, I, I really like a good carbonara. Yes. I'm not a refined eater. Nobody said that for ages. I love carbonara. It's so it. good. Get that on I there. I love a, get what a else? carbonara on there. 
um, get, uh, let's see, I'd probably have something my mom made. So it would probably be her dumplings. My mom makes really good dumplings. Mm. Really great stuff. Uh, I'm feeling like a, ah, this is my dream scenario, but I can't come up with anything fantastical. No, I love dumplings. I think about dumplings. <laughs> I think about Asian dumplings all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's like That's certain great. things that like I will probably think about at least once a day. And like, yeah, yeah Asian dumplings are one of them. Like dim oh. sum dumplings and um, and sagalu from Indian cooking. And yeah. Calamari. And calamari. And calamari. <laughs> There's some things I think about all the time. That's great. I love that. Um, Would you have any pudding things? Okay. Oh, I was just, yes, I was saying like just a free bar of, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but I, I was literally just thinking like just a free bar of puddings. Like I would want a whole cake. I would yeah. down a whole cake. Yes. Just, and I love cream. So it would be like a kind of cream, strawberry, and like custard with the like cake things in the middle. I'd say like that's more important than cake. Like the actual cake parts, I feel like they're too big in a cake. I want them yeah. thinner. She doesn't show enough respect for the fillings, does it? The usual proportions of a cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what. Mm. So oh, just a whole cake and then like soft serve ice cream. Nice. Uh, <laughs> probably a burger in there. There's a Great. burger. I had a great burger in Spain once with um, my cousin, and I think they put salsa inside the burger. Oh, fuck. And that was really, really nice. Please. Really, really like that burger. Mm. Um, (laughs) What am I doing? Just like the way you said that. Really, really like that burger. (laughs) Really, really like that burger. That burger. and then probably who would I eat it with? Who would I subject to this indulgence? Um, I very much like my family. I, one of my favorite things to do is to go to a buffet with my parents. Yes. I Probably my, my dream scenario would be a buffet. And it would yeah. be a buffet that you get in Asia because Asian, like Asia are so good at buffets. Yeah. So it would just be... Um, there's this buffet at a hotel called the Peninsula in in Hong Kong and it's just the most luxurious thing you could get like a whole kind of lobster or you could get a whole steak and then you have different stations from different parts of the world and like a really huge uh, pudding selection as well Um, and I love going with my parents because I think they are the only ones who can out eat me Um, (laughs) and they're tiny so they'll make the most of it because it's just this thing of like eating up eating your money basically yeah 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 so um you know it's i just i can't i don't understand how they if you're talking hoovering that's what they do yeah because they just put it in there as well now yeah come along with my parents yes please um yeah, that's probably my ideal situation. A any, buffet any favorite drinks? <laughs> with my parents. Iced coffee. We mentioned iced coffee. And I'm guessing it's going to be a cold drink that you want involved with this. A cold drink, uh, iced coffee, iced tea I'm a big fan mm, of. Yeah. So I'd get some iced tea. And uh, I do like the old Coke Zero or Pepsi Max. I prefer Pepsi Max, actually. Pepsi Max. Yeah. So nice. I do that. And then just some ice water, really, because that just neutralizes the palate perfect so you can taste more heaven what an amazing answer <laughs> it's made me really hungry even though i've eaten a bun and i had a bun <laughs> just before i ate that bun in front of you oh i'm gonna have it. another bun i might have another bun after this but i need a wee wee so mm. i'll do a wee wee and then i'll have another bun um glad you know really glad you know that um <laughs> th- thank you so much for doing this thanks for having me I did have another bun. The ones that were good were so good. The ones that weren't were like trying to eat coal. What a gloriously massive conversation, like a big hug. Shame around eating is going batshit around the UK. I feel like it's everywhere that I look at the moment. So 
this chat felt particularly timely. Follow Evelyn on all the socials. She's so funny. At E-V-E-L-Y-N-M-O-K. And her podcast uh, is brilliant. It's called Rice to Meet You. It's about Asian culture. She co-hosts it with Nigel Ng, also known as online sensation Uncle Roger. Feel free to support the Hoovering podcast. Uh, You can give it a five-star review or recommendation to a friend. Or you can support it with cold, hard cash, either on Acast Supporter or on Patreon. Links to all of those things, or both of those things, I should say, are always in the podcast notes on Acast who put this podcast out. Make sure you're following at the Hoovering Pod on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and then you'll find out about any live shows that we're doing and I put other bits and bobs of eating-related fun on there too. Follow me if you like, at Jessica Foster Q. Anything longer than a tweet to email me, you can do that through my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Caution and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.